since most of you have already met the seven rays before, then I won't dwell too long on the, the basics. But most of what we need to know can be gleaned from this triplicity. A seven is made from a three and a four. The theory starts. A three, being rays one, two, and three. Aha. Uh-huh. And given the names, will, love, and intelligence, approximately speaking. Now, somehow the plan is that all of our, what we call consciousness, is coloured by these things. In fact, you might say that this is the, this is the currency of consciousness. It's not as if consciousness is something else upon which the seven rays are superimposed. That consciousness is the seven rays in some mixture. And so you either have consciousness of power, or you have consciousness of love, or you have consciousness of intelligence. And they're mixtures. In a way, this is a, it's quite a revolutionary idea, because it means that consciousness isn't really as comprehensive as we think it is. There aren't really that many experiences. If you were just to take this triplicity, then you'd say there are only three types of consciousness. And everything we experience is just a combination of these three things. Rather like an astrologer would say, there are only 12 archetypes. And therefore, personalities are, can only ever be combinations of those things in various states of equilibrium and disequilibrium, which make those things interesting. So when you've got conflicts, you know, you've got this toing and froing. When you've got harmony, then you've got a nice flow of energy, and these two di- disparate factions work together. But the bottom line is, you can resolve these different archetypes or colours or whatever you want to call it, these very basic attributes into just seven or three or twelve. Now we're starting off with three here. There is a there is a law that um, Blavatsky says, which I assume applies in this case, but I'd be interested for your comments, those who've ever thought about this, that is that the seven is made of the three and its various combinations. This isn't quite borne out by the literature but it does seem to make some sense when you look at the different ray types. That is, we have a pure ray one type, somebody who's very willful. We have, well, we'll discuss exactly what that means a little bit later on. Um, we have a pure ray two type, somebody who's very loving, and we have a pure ray three type, somebody who um, is philosophical, uses intelligence in some way. That's, that gives us three. Now, we get another four by combining those in pairs and triples. There are three pairs and one triple. So the fourth type, perhaps, would be a combination of one and two. The fifth type would be a combination of one and three. The sixth type would be a combination of two and three. And the seventh type would be a combination of one, two and three. Now and again, throughout Blavatsky's and Bailey's work, you you have this idea of a unity, a triplicity, and a septenary. 137. But it's rather debatable whether you can apply that in this case. When we come on to talk about the other four types, we'll see whether we can synthesize them out of these three. One of the motivations for me doing this, not particularly because I'm a very good astrologer, but because I like to try and keep things simple, and when somebody tells me about 12 archetypes of the, the, the 12 different signs, I think, okay, you know, I can just about handle that. I can just about remember all of those different signs. And somebody else comes along and says, well, actually, there are seven rays as well. And I think, well, where do they fit together? And how do you get, how do you get 12 out of seven? Um, you know, somebody's got to miss out. Even if you, even you, even if you double up, you know, what, one of the signs is going to go missing. Um, you can have five lots of two and two singles, maybe, would just about do it. 
In fact, I think that's how it's done. But it's not very clean. It's not a very clean system unless somehow you can marry these two things together. Now, one of the underlying theories behind this system is that, in fact, the seven rays are more fundamental than the twelve signs. And, in fact, the twelve signs get their nature from mixtures of the seven. I'm happy to say, well, maybe that's possible. We'll see how things go. And, again, I'm interested to have any feedback from astrologers if they have anything to say about it. Having spent some time looking at mostly esoteric astrology, actually, I should be explicit here, most of the books, seven of the books in the Ellis Bailey series are actually seven volumes of a treatise on seven rays, although um, they're not called that explicitly. They're called things like Esoteric Psychology Volume 1, Esoteric Psychology Volume 2, uh, a treatise on esoteric astrology, a uh, treatise on esoteric healing, and so on. Now, the one on astrology, in my view, doesn't hang together very well. But... Uh, well, uh, well, that is why I haven't come today saying how I think the, the rays correspond to the signs. Although I think we could probably have a go at some of the some of the basics. Anyway, the general idea is we get these seven rays of consciousness from a constellation called the Great Bear, and it's rather the solar system rather than the Earth has a very peculiar relationship apparently to the seven stars of the Great Bear, sometimes called the seven rishis. I think rishi means sage. And um, each of these seven is presumably onto the being associated with the great bear, like a chakra is to our own body. Um, And these seven flavors of consciousness make their way to the solar system through the twelve constellations of the zodiac, where upon they are then channeled through the sun focused through the sun, whatever, and then they're distributed from the sun to the seven planets. Um, the seven esoteric planets, that is. They're being, um, in fact, as many as you wish, depending on whether you want to count the ones you can see as well as the ones you can't see. So that's some knowing smiles here. <laughs> You've obviously read the books. <laughs> but, um, mo- most of us know that there are ten visible ones, if you include the moon and the sun as a planet. Is that right? and the Earth, of course, makes another one. Anyway, we have the Sun as a focal point. This is a very interesting thing, is that we don't receive any of these energies direct from the Great Bear, according to the theory. We don't even receive them from the Sun directly. They're somehow diffracted through the zodiac, channeled through the Sun, and then we reach, the ra- we get our radiation, our radiation worth from the Sun, um, which obviously is coloured by whatever the sun has got to give as well. Now, it, it strikes me, if you, if you look at things this way, that the constellation, the, the division of the zodiac into 12 has probably got very little to do with the stars. And it's probably got very little to do with what we call the constellations. And much more likely, it's got to do with the, the di- <coughs> division of the year into 12 equal parts centred around the equinoxes. Um, so this 12 and the consequent signs in the 12 have got nothing to do with the sign of the stars making up Leo. They, apparently they don't play any part at all in this system of distribution of energies. It's just a marker in the sky, and a marker which of course has drifted since the precession of the equinoxes has moved us one sign along anyway. So it's not, um, my view is, it's not important that the equinoxes have moved with respect to the original stars because they were only ever symbolic. 
the important thing was that somehow the space or the heavens which is made up from the solar system is somehow responsible for diffracting the energy and the the Earth's precession has I don't know how has managed to divide up the space into 12 and that 12 appears um, like a series of 12 lenses or, or, or unequal divisions of space through which this radiation is channeled anyway the important thing is it finds its way to the sun whereupon it is distributed to these planets well anyway that's some of the background behind these energies any questions on this one? There are, there's a lot of mention in these books, and I don't know whether it occurs in other places, of the significance, for instance, of Sirius and the Pleiades. But as far as the seven rays are concerned, um, in a simple way, we can start off just by assuming that the source of the influence of the seven rays comes entirely from the Great Bear. There are other energies which enter our solar system, but this seems to be sufficient for the moment for our understanding. Um, I'm only saying that so that um, those of you who know more won't, won't feel I've left you out. Okay, well, I started off by saying there were three rays, rays one, two, and three. These Roman symbols are going to stand for the rays from now on. Okay, there's one, two, and then three. Now I just want to try and convince you that it's somehow plausible to divide our experience or our consciousness up into three. This isn't a proof that seven rays exist, but more that it might be a useful system to use. And just like astrology, you could say, is a useful system, even if you don't believe in it, because it's a means of um, organising your thoughts. So you could say, well, I think we have 12 signs and each sign corresponds to an archetype and I see Joe Bloggs here I don't know when he was born I don't know what sign he was born in but he looks like a Gemini to me now if he is a Gemini then he'll have mood swings now I haven't seen any mood swings but he looks very like a Gemini to me so I bet he is going to get depressed sometimes even though he seems to be quite chirpy at the moment now that's the sort of thing you can say if you believe in astrology even if you have never seen his birth chart um, you get the drift it's got nothing to do with really whether you believe it works or not um, in, in mechanistically it's just a useful system and I'm hoping to convince you that this might be true of this but uh, we'll see okay so anyway we've all heard of this ho hopefully you heard of this triplicity spirit, matter and consciousness it's more prevalent perhaps in the east than in the west okay um, perhaps in the west there is a correspondence between Father, Son and Holy Ghost can everybody see that? actually all I could tell you about the Hindu system is that the three gods associated with the spirit, matter and consciousness are Shiva, Vishnu and Brahma so we have Vishnu is the Son which is Christ Brahma is usually as the Father right and then Shiva must be the Holy Ghost ok
almost like sort of universal cosmic electricity mm-hmm. in Christianity, in mystical Christianity. Yes. But, but actually the only writings I know of in the Bible of the Holy Ghost was in Pentecostal yeah. um, revelation. It, is there any other reference to the Holy Ghost in the Bible? Quite a few more in the New Testament. Are there? Okay. Uh, because that to me sounds very much like a Kundalini experience and might therefore correspond more to the fire of matter in this, this correspondence in, in which case uh, I would have it as I've got it now which is why I chose it that way do they? right ok the spirit is what the disciples prompted the disciples to speak when they were had up before the Lord God and didn't know what they were going to say yes. and Jesus said don't worry what we're going to say because the spirit will tell you in that hour what you need to say so in a sense again it's sort of executive arm of God again right Right, okay. Uh, does it say that that's the same Holy Ghost as the one that came down in Pentecost at times? More or less, I think it's associated with that. Oh, okay then. Well, maybe it's a little more difficult to say that's Kundalini, because as far as I know, Kundalini isn't given to making people speak in tongues. Uh, would you have... I don't well, know. Okay, well... Yes. Yeah. So he actually saw this female figure who yes. represented the Kundalini. Yes. So um, I think that would fit as well. Right. The idea of the Holy Spirit is that it's universal consciousness. Sort of not, not identified with any one person. So uh, not particularly coming out of the earth either, which Kundalini is supposed to do with you. Yes, certainly the picture you're painting doesn't fit very well with Kundalini, although some of the other correspondences seem to work, but that one doesn't. Not, I mean, Kundalini in, in its latent form in man is not a universal energy. But the idea of the Trinity is borrowed for Christianity anyway, from Hinduism and other religions. Apparently, yes, mm-hmm. but it doesn't seem to quite fit when you try and put it back together again. <laughs> okay, moving right along. <laughs> well, here's my little offering anyway, physics. Um, repulsion, attraction and motion. The, it does seem a little strange that that God the Father, or Spirit, in this triplicity, has a repulsive aspect, and love, but by comparison, is the attractive force. And also, this, in these writings, this curious word synthesis keeps coming up for the eventual um, satisfaction of the first ray principle, that somehow it leads to synthesis, which is difficult to imagine when you're thinking in terms of repulsion, or... Um, or a, a destroying aspect, which the Ray One aspect is known for, the Ray One consciousness is known for. Nonetheless, it's there very strongly in the literature. So we're going to accept this system. Somehow we've got to stick with that. So I, 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 I suggest that perhaps in physics the correspondence is repulsion is to do with Ray One. We can look at Ray One as manifesting as repulsion, and attraction we can look at as manifesting as uh, as the manifestation of Ray 2. And the consequent motion, okay, the interaction of these two forces gives rise to motion of matter. One so and two are said to make up three. Yes, yes. And three are said to make up the next four as well. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but it's all one anyway, so why don't we just pack our bags? <laughs> <in>? <laughs> Okay, um, well, I'm, am I going to say, yes, I will. I will go in, uh, um, and give you the seven.
and then I'm going to talk about a few of them in more detail. These are the seven as given by Alice Bailey, roughly, because there are different words used in different places. I've already named Ray One's willpower. These are the, just to re- refresh your memory, especially for those who are late. These are the not just the flavours of consciousness, but the currency of consciousness, that which consciousness may manifest as. Ray one willpower, ray two love wisdom, ray three active intelligence, ray four harmony through conflict, five is concrete knowledge, six is devotion or idealism, and seven is ritual. And seven is also called ceremonial order. Sometimes magic, I think the word magic appears as well. Um, To put this in context, I should also say that these influences are not only subject to the um, vagaries of planetary movement in the heavens, but also they have their own cycles, the origin of which I don't know, even if it's written. Um, So not only are people influenced according to where planets were when they were born, and how the energies were apparently deflected by those planets, um, but also they have... Um, cycles of their own they rise and fall perhaps in their source from the great bear where they're said to originate and um, again the literature has it that we are moving into a period of heightened seventh ray activity and moving out of a period of sixth ray activity so hopefully we can now bring some meaning to these words here devotion and idealism is on the wane well is it the wane right is that going down yes and um, ritual, ceremonial order, it's on the wax. I thought you said we were going out of seven and into six. No, I, if I said that, then it was wrong. Out of six. You've now said it, yeah, we're going out of six and into seven. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, well, it doesn't matter. Sorry, what's that? Some of the dark war is to do with that situation, devotional Yes. 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 Yes, it is said that the, the devotional aspect of religion um, is um, a manifestation of the activity of the sixth ray. And that, that will disappear. Um, the timetable is somewhere around the turn of the century uh, 1975 onwards, I think, the seventh ray was probably stronger than the sixth. I think that's the date given, but anyway, it's, it's a bit approximate. And uh, as you rightly said, um, the Islamic religion has been singled out as being one of those which is apparently more subject to the influence of this ray, or that more accurately speaking, is a manifestation of it. The same can be said of Christianity as well although apparently that wasn't originally the plan. It was originally meant to be a manifestation of Ray 2, of love wisdom, but has since become a manifestation of devotion and idealism. And um, apparently Rays 6 and 7 don't go very well together. There is, I, I guess it's a bit like two notes close to each other on a piano. They create some sort of dissonance. And um, <clears throat> according, again, to the literature, there will be a problem for the next 20, 50 years, 25, 50 years, as Ray 7 becomes more established. Well, perhaps we should put a little more meat on these words and um, try and get some meaning out of them. Does anybody want to add anything before I do that? 
Well, um, such is the, the the attitude of that influence is increasing. Apparently, it's not so much that it's coming from within; it's coming from without, and we will be subject to that force. Well, so the sixth ray was the last age, the Piscean age, Christianity, the spring. Was the sort of major religion in the seventh ray was the new age? Yeah, yeah. yeah. the only thing is the sixth ray period. That's right. Yeah. Also, there are ritual in. I know, I know, this is very interesting that, that there seems to be a definite disagreement. Mm-hmm. I, I agree, um, but before we go into that, I just want to point out that this thing of cycles isn't all it seems to be either, because the sixth ray didn't have a lifetime of 2,000 years, it's only been a few hundred years. Although it's been associated with the Piscean age, which lasts for 2,100 and whatever, um, it can't be said to be responsible for everything that happened in those times. Though these cycles don't coincide with the precession of the equinoxes. And the seventh ray doesn't have a cycle of 2,000 years. I don't know how many years it is, but it's, it's the order of hundreds of years, not thousands of years. Um, okay, getting back to this thing about ritual. Yes, uh, it's, it's very interesting, apparent contradiction. There is another aspect to this. Um, I think the word ritual perhaps blinds more than it reveals. Um, we could say, perhaps, from uh, sort of an alien's eye view, looking in a scientific laboratory, that a scientist was carrying out a ritual, in the sense that there is only one way of doing things. There is a sequence of preparation and execution, which is very rigid. And uh, it, it, to the uninitiated, to the non-scientist, uh, it may seem very ritualistic. Have you ever seen anybody preparing silicon in a clean room or something, or you know, shaking up chemicals in a in a chemical lab? It, it seems to be magic, unless you know what the sequence is from one to the next. I think the the meaning that we have attached to the word ritual has got something to do with the fact that we are slightly derogatory of there being an underlying purpose for every step. It's now become, well, we could have done another ritual which would have been just as good. Now, my understanding of the word ritual in this context isn't like that. It is that there is only one way of doing things if it's going to work. So it's more like science than it's like religion. But I might be wrong. Maybe the same thing is, can be explained that in the devotion to ritual without consciousness, and a new order, a new consciousness, a new yeah. sort of ritual, yeah. perhaps it's a more conscious and understanding. Mm-hmm. I, I, it's a more understanding ritual, though, mm-hmm. than a blind ritual, mm-hmm. is the way I see it. And I mean, the, the Christian rituals, although maybe the four elements and different things were somewhere in it, the sort of rituals that perhaps they're emerging, go way back almost to Egypt and some of the magic of, of that time. Yes. Which get involved with four elements and different things, which have been sort of, it's like a very different sort of ritual than sort of Christian. We have concentrated rather a lot on the, the religious aspect of the influence of these rays, but as you rightly point out, it's not just religion. And what, uh, if you believe the system, and if you believe that all consciousness is made of these rays, 
then you could say any devotion, any idealism, is the sixth ray manifesting itself in whatever sphere you happen to be in, be it politics or even in the home. You know. Um, also, also, the way they talk about the books about the seventh ray, they don't really they talk about a seventh ray personality. They don't kind of imply that this person is doing kind of magic and laughing. No. Seventh ray personality is somebody who's very productive. Yes. Yeah. It's, it's like you said, science and action. It's, yes. It's like a a, um, a carpenter. Yes. More than um, you know. Yes. Yeah. An alchemist. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Tending to associate. Yes, very much so. Go on. Uh, and the seventh ray being also the ray of death and rebirth. Yes, is that what you meant? Transition? Well, well, I... Right, right. Right. Yes. I, I, I agree with that. Um, I'm not sure of the connection of that with the seventh ray, although it's probably due anyway, and the seventh ray will play its part in that. But okay, can I come back to that? Because I want to say something slightly related to that subject, and then maybe um, something relevant to it as well, and then you can add something else. I, I was also struck by what you were saying about the creative carpenter science aspect of the seventh ray and I've always been tempted although it probably doesn't fit with the esoteric astrology view of things I've always been tempted to think of the Germans as being very seventh ray race because they're very ordered and precise in what they do and in my view ritualistic and also strange enough the Japanese and, and both of them are successful um, materially successful. Um, what are we then? What are the English? What are they think manifest? Well, well, are you, are you <laughs> from the book? From the book? Well, I mean, according to the book, the Germans are thinking on Ray One, aren't they? But, but. but but uh, I'm, I'm happy to borrow this system of archetypes and think about it creatively myself and then see if it fits with what the books read. And maybe we'll learn something by the contradictions. There are, some, there are no doubt there are some contradictions in esoteric astrology and therefore I feel free to speculate that not all of it might be 100%. Although uh, you might as well believe that the seven rays do exist. Otherwise there's no point in coming tonight, of course. <laughs> and, 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 and then we'll work from there but, but I don't think it's all given to us on a plate by any means I think there's a lot to be worked out yes go on you haven't answered my question yet. Uh, about the Brits yeah oh right um, what ray do I think they are personally well firstly what does Alice Baby think and then what do you think well first of all she makes the distinction between a soul ray and a personality ray mm-hmm. and um, the second is um I can't remember which one it is actually. I think we are on ray one and ray something or other. I like the fact that uh, in general, I think the uh, British are second, and and but 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 on the other side, I I think I I think 
it's very one that has to be very cautious because it's it's obviously a generalization because every in any country yes. there's lots of different people. Yes. There is no bridge. It's a generalization. Mm-hmm. It, it's it, in philosophy. It's called it, it's called an abstract non-entity. It yes. just, doesn't even exist. There, yes. there is there is no British. Mm. There's just a collection of different people. Yes. And so you can I mean, unless you unless you want to say what the government was like. Yes. I mean, but but what does it mean to mm. say a government is Ray two or Ray three? I mean. So it's it's really such a generalization. But, there is but, but you, if you did make a generalization, I think I put I I put England up in, uh, in the second. You put it in the second division, right? Yeah, right. very hard centered. Okay. Right, it's very difficult to to come up with a generalization about America because it's just, because it's so big. But 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 I feel I could do that for instance with the Japanese and the Germans. Now, I don't know why that is. It might yeah, be because we're too similar to the well, Americans. Pure race, maybe. Yes. There's less intermixing. I mean, America's made up of Native American Indians and everyone from Europe. Yes. Well, yes. in, in essence, yes. maybe it hasn't been going long enough. I mean, I think Britain got very wise because of the British Empire and all that. I mean, they did at one point. Yeah. I was just thinking that. Yeah. Well, at yeah. the time, I was saying it was Chandling, but yes. We still had the empire, so she would have said that. Yes. But again, that's politics. Both Britain and Germany are Aries, aren't they? Warby Aries, which would correspond with the Germans. Which actually, in Easter astrology, doesn't correspond that well to the Roman power. But Britain and Germany also way back racially, there's quite a strong connection between the Germanic and the Britain. But now, I mean, although the British have lost the empire worldwide mm. materially, there is it's always been blessed Isles, a place of um, sanctuary for many people, mm. uh, and it will have it is destined to have quite an important spiritual part to play. Do you think so? Mm. All right. So. Mm. Yes, uh, and that brings us, I suppose, to personality types. That in general, it will be a Ray One personality type that will be attracted to government anyway. Um, so you would tend to see that in the, head, in the, in the heads of state um, an, an imbalance yes okay that brings me on to something else uh, this is my own little diagram um, the I've read it out for those listening to the tape I um, have a little diagram with Ray Wan written on it and um, some funny arrows and the important thing is that there is a um, relationship, we're talking about Ray 1, there's a relationship between self and others uh, where we say for the undeveloped man, or where I say for the undeveloped man, the self imposes its will on others. I am rather borrowing from our folklore because um, I had in mind when I wrote this the Aries type of personality, because it does seem to fit naively with what we think of Ray 1. Although, yet again, I, I warn you against a straightforward association of Ray Wan with the Aries personality because it doesn't work quite as nicely as we might like. Nonetheless, Mars is definitely singled out mm-hmm. as a, an exempl- uh, a, a transmitter of the Ray Wan force as is Vulcan, which is uh, an invisible planet, apparently. Um, quite possibly not far from the Sun, so quite often, often, apparently, we can get away with using the Sun where we should be using Vulcan. Actually, the sun 
uh, stands for Ray 2 in the esoteric astrology system, love wisdom, uh, which is exemplified through Leo amongst other signs. So that fits quite nicely. It also explains why there's a bit of confusion of the association of the sun with a Ray 1 type uh, of energy in Aries, perhaps. I, we can't see Vulcan, so we're using the sun. So that's okay. Does that work? Mm-hmm. You can tell me off afterwards. Right, okay, so I've got this little diagram of self in the middle and arrows pointing out to others. And of the few Aries type of people I know, um, one or two of them do have a habit of trying to organize everybody. Um, and so I see this as a uh, hanging this, this little perception on this one of these seven hooks I now made for myself. This is the Ray 1 activity in action. And I say there is a sense of repulsion here and I don't mean revulsion, I just mean that people are being organized by more of a... It's more speaking qualitatively rather than, rather than strictly physically. They're not being repulsed in, by some magical force. No doubt there is a psychological reaction against being organized in most people. Uh, and that in itself tends to bring about repulsion. Uh, Ray 1, people tend not to form coherent groups which last for long periods of time. Certainly if you had a group of Ray 1 people, apparently it would fall apart very quickly. And in fact, again, this system, again, just like astrology, I would guess, offers something if you want to construct yourself a company or a group or something, you get a balance. Um, you don't have it all made up of Ray 1s or you don't have it all made up of Pisces. You know, you, 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 get, things, you get things balanced. Right, now... The interesting thing struck me about this is that, again, in the... I'm not going to make a division between the personality and the soul, Ray, um, because I don't feel my understanding has reached that point where I could make a distinction in seeing somebody anyway. So, if there is a distinction to be made and you feel you can spot it, let me know, because I am interested. That's a serious thing. Um, but, But, nonetheless, there is the idea that the Ray manifests differently as the man develops just as the signs do and just as the planets do and the thing I'm highlighting on here is that quite possibly we can look at the Ray 1 as creating an extrovert in an undeveloped man by virtue of the fact that here I am Ray 1 manifesting will and power getting everybody to do everything and to that end I have to be extrovert in order to get this to work now if we're going to start seeing the world somehow more synthetically, then we end up hopefully with a diagram like this. Let's get the planet, the planet and sign for the moment, where the developed man starts to see that the will which he has subjected others to, he is also himself subjected to, and also they are subjected to between themselves. In other words, he sees the, the force of will acting doing its stuff everywhere amongst all people and all activities um, in other words he's not, the ce- he's not the centre of his own universe in the same degree anymore he doesn't just see the force of will coming out from himself do you get a flavour of that? Uh, and so um, is that like you first rate first rate you, you, you kind of develop your theory, your theory of psychology as um, as wills interacting versus, say, a second ray person might start developing a psychological theory of, of, of love. I don't know if that yes. 
Yes? That's exactly what I mean. But, but I'd also like you to generalize that, not to just to people. So that any activity, any... Because I'm a Ray one type, I'm going to see things in terms of will. This, this is the, the idea behind it. Mm. So Nietzsche's metaphysical system about not only people but of everything yes. so that it's all to do with willpower yeah, exactly exactly and so it, the rain rains because it's God's will uh, and I get wet because it's God's will and so on but the interesting step to make here if, if you believe this transition which the ray one person has to make if they're going to start see, to see the world in a synthetic way is that they see what was their will originally was also part of the divine will not that it, it stands separate from the divine will and in contradistinction to it okay and therefore ah right now, the other thing is we have an intermediate step here so we have the starting point, here I am, central my own will, trying to force everybody to do everything I want to do. And then um, the end is, I see God's will acting everywhere, including through my own will. Not necessarily especially through my own will, but equally in all things, including all motion, matter, people, everything, all God's will. Um, bit in between that, I suggest, is that I, I reach that state by applying the same Ray 1 quality which caused all the problems in the first place and all me to lose all my friends I apply it to myself which is I, I repel against my own ego I, I revolt against my own ego um, or and I apply the same will power, will force, whatever and this in my view has a strong bearing on how we go about for instance our own meditation and different people go about meditation in very different ways quite possibly um, we can look at it in this way somebody who takes a very willful attitude in their meditation um, if they're expressing their Ray 1 uh, no, I should word it the other way around perhaps they would be um, productive in their meditation if being Ray 1 type um, they were to employ that energy likewise upon themselves okay. uh, and also again if you believe it a very one person is an extrovert in the initial stages and then in this intermediate stage where he's saying well I should have, it's caused me so much pain that I've lost all my friends I should stop changing myself I should look inwards I should turn my uh, power upon my own ego then he, they become an introvert and by comparison at least if not by anybody else's standards <laughs> and I just wonder whether that's the reason why we see Aries as being such a, a divided sign in some ways. You can have very extrovert Aries and very introvert Aries. Mm, some knowing comments here <laughs> from, from the astrologers in the audience. Anyway, uh, hopefully we'll agree that the end result is some sort of balance. So w when, when the self-will and God's will are seen to be all part, well, that the external will and self-will all seem to be part of God's will, then we have achieved some sort of balance where the self is just another other and the others are just another self and the here is the punchline then for the, the enlightened state for the Ray one person the divine will is recognized to act on self and others I should say equally really. now I have to stab at the planets and the signs here for what I would feel characterizes the more advanced state of a Ray one person there is some support for this Pluto in the literature, but there isn't, as far as I can see, any support for Scorpio. So I just have to stab on that one since it's the 
exoteric correspondence. I think I made a bit of a mistake with this diagram because I think that it's probably more accurate, at least initially, to think of the self in manifesting in an undeveloped way the way to energy, or not energy, let's stick with the word consciousness, in, in experiencing, manifesting uh, the rate of consciousness in, as at- attracting things to themselves. Now, a Reitu person will somehow create a space within themselves wherein things are attracted. It's a very different sort of person to the go-getting, forceful Reiwan type. They'll sit at home and things appear well, to them, so to speak. By the way, the way, the word magnetic is used in the literature for the Ray 2 type. It doesn't correspond to physics in any way. It might have, might have been borrowed from, from the last century, but it doesn't fit these days, so I think it's rather misleading because magnetism and um, electricity are more or less symmetric, although not quite. I, I guess it was used more in the sense of attracting things, but of course magnets can repel and electricity can attract, so it, it doesn't quite fit. Perhaps gravity would be a better force rather than magnetism. Um, I haven't got a planet of sign down. Yes, it's problematic that. Um, it took that a minute. Now, the idea is the self attracts others, including matter, to itself, is, I would suggest, is an undeveloped manifestation of Ray 2. I, really, no more than desire. So I'm saying desire is a lower manifestation of love. Um, no real secret there, I guess. Introvert. Okay, um, nice little piece of symmetry here, because just as in the Ray 1 type, we had the extrovert going, being an introvert and then eventually achieving a balance perhaps in the Ray 2 type we have an introvert who learns to be an extrovert and then achieves a a balance Um, the introvert, because I attract everything to myself, so I don't need to go out, things come to me but in the course of development where universal love is seen to act or recognised to act upon self and others equally and that my own love for something in particular was just an, a manifestation of a much more universal thing, which always was, and doesn't negate my own experience of having loved something. Uh, nonetheless, it only ever was part of something much greater, which acts between all things in themselves as well as between me and those things. And when I can see that love acting between the different things as well as between me and the things, then I'm seeing universal love. And, and this is some sort of balance, yet again. I also had a stab at um, what I believed would be the appropriate word for the type of yoga to achieve this for a Reitu type, and I would suggest it's a Bhakti yoga, or the yoga of devotion. Uh, the, the, the symmetry isn't perfect by any means, because um, we've got words here which don't quite run off, slip off the tongue in a nice way. No, by the way, in the Dual Cool books, you have lists of seven words for each of the rays, and they all end in Asian or A-T-I-O-N or something, or they all begin with I, and he somehow manages to pick words out of the English language that all sound very similar, but mean seven different things. Uh, I didn't quite, didn't quite manage that in this case. Um, so I, I've got acquisitiveness for love of self is the, is the undeveloped stage. And then expansion love of others I would suggest is an intermediate stage really and then love of all things equally the enlightened stage could say that Christ was a Ray 2 exponent 
and that the um, philosophy which he brought was to do with um, this means of achieving um, enlightenment or liberation Um, but it's not the only one okay if you believe this well there are other rays um, um, and there are other ray exponents as well I, I just as you said the Buddha was an exponent of ray yeah. 3 for instance Steiner says that the Buddha brought wisdom and got as far as you could with a purely human being and prepared the way for Jesus who was then filled with the Christ the universal Christ mm-hmm. and brought the love to add to the wisdom and presumably there is a correspondence between the ray which they bring and the ray which is prevalent at the time uh, sweeping through the heavens mm-hmm. I don't know what that says about the new age and ray 7 um, actually um, the master that's associated with ray 7 is um, come to St. Germain isn't it he <laughs> anyway that's very interesting I suggested there that um, the yoga of devotion or love of all things equally perhaps is not 100% accurate interpretation of Bhakti Yoga but there seems to be a rough correspondence there is the method which um, gosh I hope we'd be forgiven for this was the, was the method that Christ brought with him and that um, of course that's been rather forgotten but it does seem to be quite a close correspondence to what in Hindu teachings called Bhakti Yoga so going along with this theory then symmetry, whatever planet and sign again of my choice here quite definitely not in agreement with what's in the book uh, we're talking about Ray 3 and the undeveloped man and incidentally what were the planets and signs of, of Ray 2? I, I didn't have one That's what I guess. well I, I'm quite happy to leave that to the audience actually do, do you want to have a go? The problem with that is that Neptune seems to be associated more with race 6 um, and, and Pisces. You can't, it's very difficult. So maybe we can, to some extent, look at Ray 2 as a higher manifestation of race 6. At least uh, and Ray 2 is love and wisdom. And what is Ray 6? Uh, devotion and idealism. Yes. There's certainly a correspondence between the energy and the chakras there, between the solar plexus and the heart, and the transmutation from the solar plexus to the heart, um, which is more or less equated with was it Venus and Neptune transition from Venus no even that doesn't fit brilliantly does it Ray Ray 2 I think probably will be associated more with Taurus Mm. and probably Venus Mm. exoterically and perhaps there's a bit of Jupiter in there as well so what does Alice Bailey say Um, it's not quite that simple because they they appear in triples there's no one-to-one correspondence between the rays and the signs Mm. I mean it does seem to fit reasonably well at least exoterically cells selectively activates others Um, I I pondered a few a little while for words about this I don't think it's possible really to be fair and glib at the same time with a few words which try and summarise the ray quality but all I'm trying to do here is compare what we had with Ray 1 and Ray 2 that is in Ray 1 the self was busy trying to organise everybody and get people to do things 
Uh, and in Ray 2, we had somebody who was sitting at home trying to get things coming towards them. He's the undeveloped man now. Acqui- acquisitive. Attractive. Not necessarily good looking. <laughs> and in this one, we've got somebody who is making intelligent decisions. They're being discriminatory in some way. I guess that's all I, want, I can say at this point. Now, in that, there seems to be no direct correspondence between that and introvert or extrovert, so I'd call them introvert-extrovert. And as we go from the undeveloped to the developed man, we have, again, this theme of the person's got this force working in them, they can't change it, but what they can do is they can change its manifestation. Um, so just as the Ray 2 type went from um, trying to acquire things through love of matter or others um, to themselves, to through that to loving all things, through that to seeing love manifest in all things, then here we've got somebody who is selective for selfish purposes to somebody who is well, via dispassion um, to equanimity. I guess it doesn't follow that they're going through dispassion in order to achieve what they want to do. And actually, it fits with the idea that the Buddha was the exponent of Ray 3 very well, um, because that was his main theme um, that we should be dispassionate in our activities. Yes. Yes. And what would you call that a manifestation of? Would you? Oh, right. Um, I think I can see rays two and three at work there. I don't think I could see it a pure ray time. Right. what you're saying is a step forward I wanted to take the opposite extreme right from the way the person started off as a inherently selfish self-centered Ray 3 type and if they went to the opposite extreme what would they be if they were still being Ray 3 is my question and I, I think it is they're being dispassionate in all activity yes Yes, that, that, that also is a kind of opposite. Yes. 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 Well, okay, let, let me just show you the other line I've got here. Uh, okay, slightly smudged. And, and 
I've chosen karma yoga as the exemplary path for the third ray type does anybody I mean do, do you see why now I, well I mean obviously it wouldn't fit otherwise but, but I feel more that the Buddha had um, uh, association with karma yoga that is for those who don't know karma yoga is a union strictly speaking through action uh, karma meaning action but really it's been come to mean acting uh, it's come to mean uh, achieving union through um, non-attachment to goals and non-attachment or more strictly speaking non-attachment to the fruit of one's goals Uh, and in that sense I mean dispassionately I don't mean at arm's length gosh I don't want anything to do with it it means um, whether it fails or succeeds I do it Uh, ah because it's your duty that's another phrase and that belongs to a different ray type Mm -hmm. because uh, if you were were pure if you you were pure in this sense you wouldn't even recognize the concept of duty and there is a sense in which the the Buddha path is also in the Alice Bailey books given as a a narrow um, razor edge middle way which doesn't recognize good and evil at all I don't think so no. Yes. Yes. Well, I I've had it translated to action actually, but, but mm. he was told that by Mongolian mm. Yes. Well, we've had this conversation before. Mm. Well, uh, I, 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 well, what word did you prefer then? Compassion, which is absolutely Yes. 
Now, what happened here? How did you begin on this third ray um, with the self? The self is not, it started out selfish? Yes. Like the first ray. Yes, all of them starting out selfish. Now, you're, 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 doing, you're doing this then. Mm hmm. Go on. You're, you're seeing one, one you, okay, you started the first ray yes. as selfish. Yes. And then the second ray, you had what was. But they all started off as selfish. But Ray One starts off by trying to assert themselves on others, and they end up asserting themselves upon themselves. Okay. And then eventually they achieve some sort of synthesis. And the second one um, ends up well starts off by trying to um, acquire things, people to themselves. Okay, so it's selfish trying to get. Yes. Which is different than trying to make. People do things? Yes, it, 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 it's, love of, it's, it's love of desire rather than love of power. Taking people instead of manipulating people. Okay, so manipulation was the first trick. Yes. And then the second, the, the second was acquisitiveness. Yes, yes. And that's so that he started off that way. And yes. Okay, then what, how did the third way Well, start? the third one isn't overtly selfish the way I've ordered it, I worded it, but the idea is that the self is somehow, for selfish purposes, making choices. That there is a sense. Well, but it, there is a sense in which they're not, because somebody who is really into power doesn't really care that much about how they wield that power. They they want the taste of power, full stop. Just like somebody who is really into acquiring things, they don't care what they get. They just acquire things. And I'm saying, in a, in a pure ray type, uh, this is again a supposition, but in a pure ray type which we don't ever see a pure type, if we could see it in its purest manifestation, there wouldn't really be any sense to what they were doing. The, the, you know, the, 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 they would have a garage full of knickknacks. They, they, they would have millions of pounds they could never spend. Or, uh, that sort of thing. It seems like when you were, uh, in, your, in your kind of system, I, I, I guess I would have thought that, you know, the first... Ray would have started off being selfish and manipulating people. Yeah. The second one maybe would have been inquisitiveness. Yes. And maybe the third one would have been trying to shove its, uh, uh, its ideas down people or something. I, I, I know I, mm-hmm. what I'm confused about is, is the sort of the, the third rayness. Mm-hmm. Where is it in, in, in how you started the whole thing that we're, that we're talking about? So it's got to do with activity. And it's got to do with... So it's active intelligence. It's not so much uh, producing things or going out in the world doing karma yoga so much. It's, it seems like it's doing... It's, it's, it's more of the philosopher. And so if somebody's talking about ideas or somebody's mm-hmm. teaching, mm-hmm. I don't know, it seems like it seems like it'd be more of a person but, but, but I, I would want to teach everybody and then finally maybe come and bring it to himself and teach himself. But there's nothing overtly selfish about teaching anybody. Uh, teaching everybody. So no, it, 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 to be self-centered, it, self-perspective. So I, I, I wanted to start off by no, focusing on an obviously selfish manifestation of Ray 3. Mm-hmm. Um, and what I've said isn't overtly selfish, but if I add the right words to it, I think I could probably get it that way. The, but the important, um, um, the important qualities here are selectivity and activity. There is a sense in which the Ray 2 sits at home and there is a sense in which the Ray 1 gets other people to do things um, but the Ray 3 seems to be more of a participant and it's very important here because the Karma Yogi is not somebody who stays at home the Karma Yogi in his 
in the in the path to enlightenment for the Ray Three is somebody who involves himself in world activities yet finds themselves to be transcendent of them, um, which doesn't apply to Ray One and Ray Two in the same way. So uh, the only thing I wanted to get over was that somehow they're involved in selfish activity, which is somehow selective. But I can't be more specific than that unless you can coin it more neatly for me. I admit it doesn't flow as nicely. It doesn't flow nicely for the other two. The idea is there, nonetheless. I was going to add one thing, which is that the, I think there is an innate, very strong human impulse which has been left out of almost all psychology. Go on. And that is the wish to explore mentally and to adventure mentally yes. and to find things out. Yes. It's the acquisition, but it's the acquisition of knowledge, not yes. things or people. And this is an absolutely fundamental human yes. impulse. Yes. There's almost no system of psychology that, that, that uh, really uh, regards this as a fundamental. Uh, yes. I mean, Freud said sex and aggression and others have added other qualities, but no system that I know of has recognized the absolute fundamental nature of the human impulse. This a sense of adventure, a sense of quest. Yeah. Maybe Socrates. Uh, well, Socrates perhaps, but. Mm-hmm. but um, um, I think that this would presumably come under this right, wouldn't it? Um, yes, I, I agree. But I'd like to complicate matters a little further because I think you've touched upon something um, which is much bigger than that. Um, I believe there's a way of looking at, for instance, Ray 1 from again for instance a human point of view as being the activities of a higher level of consciousness um, which from their point of view will be a Ray 3 activity but there is a relativity here between the rays and, and when you talk about mental acquisitiveness you've got the, you've got the activity of mind which sounds like Ray 3, and you've got the acquisitiveness of Ray 2. And you think, well, wait a minute, where are we here? Because it's neither of the, these two in a pure sense. Uh, and what, what I'd like to point out is that there is a relativity of terms here, and that perhaps on any level, including the physical, including the emotional, including the mental, you can apply these rays as a division of the flavors of consciousness within a predefined context. Right, do you get what I mean? So in other words, if you say, let's examine all the flavors of consciousness to do with the mind, then you can split those up into seven flavors. In which case, does, uh, acquiring knowledge, storing bits of facts for no particular purpose, you could say, was a rate of activity. Just like on the physical level, a rate of activity for the undeveloped man, again, would be storing things in his garage for no particular purpose. It, once the context is defined, in other words, if you believe in the system of seven, then you could perhaps apply it systematically. Okay, you get the idea. And also, there is a relativity. So that what is seen from above as me in... Um, how can I say? Um, okay, if I, if I have some intelligent activity I'm going about in my natural course, my natural function... Uh, as a human being my cells in my body are being subjected to all sorts of commands from my brain do this, do that stretch the arm here move the leg there and so on now as far as they're concerned 
if they're enlightened cells, they will see this as an invocation from evocation from the gods to behave in a certain way and they will see this as uh, the influence of some sort of to them divine will but to us it's, uh, they are a component part of our intelligent activity likewise let me see if I can get this right what appears us to be to be will from a higher perspective may turn out to be the intelligent activity of the gods Um, so I think there's relativity between the rays and there's also the problem of you need to define your scope context in which you're going to apply them so ray 3 would be the active um, application of what I was saying of this sense of mental question it would be be where you apply it in action yes yes um I think, okay, if we took the whole human being rather than just the mental plane if we took the the human being as a whole then we tend to think of philosophical activity as being a ray-free activity because compared to, for instance um, emotional um, um, desire or um, uh, idealism it's obviously very different and idealism is much more uh, better exemplified by ray-6 or is much better described as ray-6 so comparing it with, with more astral activity, mental activity has to be described as ray 3. It's a higher kind anyway. But if you were to confine the discussion entirely just to the mental plane, you could subdivide that into seven, is really what I'm saying. And you could talk about more acquisitive, selfish thoughts. You could talk about more expansive thoughts. You could talk about more willful thoughts. You could talk about more emotional thoughts, perhaps, or idealistic thoughts. So it depends on the scope of your seven. You have to say where you're. I'm thinking specifically of the type of sense of adventure which perhaps the pure scientist has, or the person doing metaphysical research. Yes. So yes. And just the sheer pleasure. If yes. I ever have half a day's spare, I go up yes. to my attic and all those yes. books around me. And the, the sheer pleasure in just taking out one book after another and being able to feel that all this knowledge is there, one thinks it's one day from one to another. Yes. And for no reason other than to explore. Right, okay. Well, I would guess we have here, just going back to the seven rays now, what, how can we describe that activity? Seeing the man as a whole now, as the whole of the sphere of his activity, which rays could we ascribe to the feeling of pleasure you get from just having the knowledge at your fingertips? For no necessar- not necessarily for any purpose. Now, since there's no purpose involved, we can probably strike out ray one uh, as not being present. Ray five stands if it's present to me in that feeling that you've got there. Yeah, concrete knowledge. Yeah, probably. Um, and it's not really to do with activity. So I really wouldn't single out ray three yeah. in that case. Um, I mean, race 7 obviously doesn't apply. Um, neither 4. There is a kind of love going on there as well. Mm. Of course, it does have to be applied. If one is on the spiritual path, one has to apply it. But one can use one's innate impulse towards this, this thrill of exasperation without feeling immediately one has to apply it. All the sense of duty would become overwhelming and one would lose the pleasure. But 
uh, in doing it. But uh, eventually it has to be applied, otherwise the spiritual law would prevent one going on with it because uh, one has to give out so much by the spiritual law uh, before one can take in more. One has to give out, one can't go on taking it out in tonight, one has to give out. So it would have to be um, applied uh, mm. yes. in practice. But yes. um, in the initial stages, one would be doing it for the love of itself. And anyway, sorry, were you going to say something? But there might be some confusion, a little bit of confusion, I'm not saying if you've got it wrong, but... but mm? um, I put it wrong. Uh, I mean, there's different ways to look at it. Yes. different ways to interpret active intelligence. Go on. Things that you're kind of interpreting it as, as um, an action, and, and, and I learned this, first of all, as a cosmic, more of a cosmic scheme, and yes. then, then apply it to personality. Yes. But that in the more higher sense, it's intelligence being active. In other words, it's yes. intelligence being awake. Yes. It's not so much like intelligence doing something. That, yeah. that's, that, that's one of the mm. lower rays. Mm. This is, you know, if you take the first three rays as the divine triad, mm. Mm. Then, it's, then you have um, power, and you have love, which encompasses, mm. and you have intelligence, mm. which you have to have, you know, it, to power and love without intelligence doesn't, doesn't really get that far. Mm-hmm. So it's like the Godhead, in a sense, as the Trinity, um, or we can think of any of us, love without knowledge, doesn't do that much. No. Love without power doesn't do that much. No. Power without love is dangerous. Uh, intelligent or intelligence but without or knowledge no. without no. power won't get won't do anything, and without love it won't apply it right. You know, so in other words, you need all three. Yeah. It's, it's more of a. I think I see the third way is more of a uh, as, as intelligence intelligence being active. Yes. As a and, and go on. That's the quality. Right. Like, almost like, it's almost like a knowledge, like Plato's knowledge or, or truth, even though it's kind of confused with the second way because they talk about wisdom there. But, but that's the way I was And you feel I've missed out somewhere in what sense, precisely? Well, I just... I guess I, I got this feeling that you that you're talking about is is doing like karma yoga. That's where I got kind of confused. Um, he was talking about love, like he was talking about like just enjoying knowledge. Well, there is a sense. There is a sense of sort of awakening yourself and, and, there and is, understanding things seems to be kind of a third ray activity. There is a sense in which thought itself is an activity, and seeing the man yeah. as a whole. I'm happy, since we're not confining our discussion to the mental plane, we'll have to think single out mental plane activity as being something to do with Ray 3. Not entirely, but something to do with Ray 3. And, and therefore, because you were talking about the joy of, I would say, the energy of thought, if you have a, a, a love of the energy of thought, or the energy of mental activity, the, en- the energy of mental creativity, perhaps more, more accurately, rather than necessarily thought, then we're talking about if not pure Ray 3, Ray 3 is definitely there. So I'm not saying they have to be making chairs and tables. I, but um, 
if you're talking about collecting facts then, okay, collecting is a verb but it's not a very strong verb there the strongest thing that strikes me when somebody says I love collecting facts is the fact that they're, they're collecting facts right. they, 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 it's, it's the acquisition it's the acquisition of knowledge that's more important to them than the activity so, um, in a sense right, you can tell the difference between array 3 and array 5 type like this array 3 type doesn't care what subject they're in because they're more interested in the energy going through their heads perhaps if we're talking about the mental plane that is my feeling whereas array 5 type is very into the precise nature of the particular field that they're in uh, and, and um, consequently uh, one would imagine ray 3 types are more given to being armchair philosophers uh, and not necessarily very practical people because they are more interested in the energy of thought it having a strong association with the mental level ray 3 necessarily than its manifestation and that's why they say unless you've got some ray 5 or some ray 7 or some ray 1 going with the ray 3 it's not going to do anything I don't think that contradicts what you're saying. Yeah, do, you, do you feel that? Yeah. Do, do no, you agree? No, not now. I, 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 guess. Uh, uh, I, I mean, but I think you're right with Socrates. He does typify that type, particularly since the Greek educated artists then slaves to do all the active things for them. They didn't yeah. have to do them very much, so they just were able to indulge themselves in the luxury of abstract philosophy. Um. Well, okay. Um, look, I'd hate to think I've bullied you over this because <laughs> you probably know as much as I do and no, no, no. I, I wanted to, to make sure that you feel you've got as much to say as you wish um, and um, I mean, I, 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 I find it interesting what you're doing hmm. you know, it's creative with this because, because you, it seems like you're, you're coming up with uh, sort of a theory of personality growth mm. based on the ray. Yes. I don't think it's really in Alice Bailey, but mm. that I respect what you're doing. It, it makes some sense. You know, so you start off as, uh, in a certain type of selfishness yes. and see how it, how it matures, mm. comes back on itself, mm. in, or how it matures through coming back on itself in yes. a way. Yes. And, and, and evolves yes. into a great. Yes. A greater sense that you can look at sort of the immature ray versus the mature ray. Yes, so very much so. Yes, but there is also a section in one of the Alice Bailey books where they talk about the seven paths for the seven rays. Uh, and all, although there doesn't seem to be an exact correspondence of what perhaps intuitively or prejudiciously you might think corresponds to the seven ray types, there's a rough correspondence. And they talk about, and this is for me very... Um, quite an effect on me because she was at pains to point out that different people on different rays achieve their salvation through different methods uh, and given that your ray type okay perhaps we've got to be explicit now it really we have to be talking about the soul ray type otherwise it wouldn't make sense but, but given that that is more or less static then then you've got to work with that uh, and turn it around somehow rather than try and change your ray type so you, you know a, a person on ray 2 isn't going to turn into a person on ray 3 by trying perhaps I don't know I mean, you're, you're nodding sagely I, I hope um, so I, I guess that, that it, it does have a message for somebody who fi- feels themselves to be on the wrong path 
because it's saying, well, maybe you're not using your innate quality in the best way that you could be. Uh, and the way Pat talks to me about astrology, it's very much by, very much in terms of here is somebody with a given set of energies. How are they, how can they most successfully manifest them, rather than how can they successfully get rid of that energy and replace it with another one? Reframing, I guess. Exactly. We've got certain tools, so um, they have to be used in their best way. You might. It might well be in cosmic fire because I couldn't find it, and I didn't think of looking in there. Uh, I, I just wondered if that's what, what you were meaning. Mm. Um, I seem to remember it's connected with the um, dweller on the threshold and how yes. to overcome the dweller on the threshold. It, it is there, is it? Okay, I shall go back and look at it. Right, some rough correspondences now, and then I think I'm more or less finished. Um, will that timing be okay? Yes, yeah. go on. I don't want to bore everybody. Um, Again, these, this is my uh, correspondence of planets with rays, not corresponding to esoteric astrology. Um, most of them are fairly agreeable. We'd like to put Mercury in here. Oh, no, it isn't mine. Sorry, this is from esoteric astrology. And hence, here, we, here we've got the problem. We've got these two transposed. Oh, whatever. Uh, well, maybe that one should be there, and you know, this one should be there or there. But, but it's not certainly what the exotericists would like. So for those of you on the tape, we've got the Sun, Ray 2, Love Wisdom. We've got Willpower, by the way, Vulcan, Unseen, Planet, Sun. Active Intelligence is the Earth, Saturn. Um, Harmony through conflict is Mercury, Concrete Knowledge, Venus. Idealism, Devotion, Neptune, and Ritual, Pluto. By the way, the planets then have pure Ray correspondences anyway. So there is some leeway in our ability to pick and choose here. That's a rough synopsis of what's in the Ellis Bailey books. And for those of you who are astrologers see, will probably feel a lot more uncomfortable than me about it. Um, anyway, more successfully, perhaps again, forgetting the planets, but now just making correspondences between the chakras and the rays. Uh, this seems to fit more with our intuition. Um, the the crown chakra is more um, more closely corresponded. I don't want to say that, that ray 1 comes in here, right? And ray 7 comes up there. I don't think it's like that. It's just that there is a predisposition in the chakras to working with certain rays. So there's a predisposition here to working with ray 1. Um, there's a predisposition here to working with ray 2. And so on. Okay, as predisposition in the heart to working with ray two, to in the throat to working with ray three, in the ajna to working with ray four, that's harmony through conflict, in the sacral centre to working with concrete knowledge, um, which is ray five, and in the solar plexus to working with idealism and devotion, which is ray six, and in the root chakra to working with ritual and ceremonial order. Um, Where do you place the sacral? Um, can I draw your diagram? No, just so well, well um, sort of below the navel, but not much above the genitals. Yeah. 
because there's some disagreement where with those third chapters where, where the different systems happen in different places, don't they? Yes, yes, I, I agree, and um, yes, there's no doubt. And, and, we, we've uh, discussed this at great length. When I first read Alice Baby's book, which is very sadly orders shortened version of Alice Yes. Uh, I was amazed to find that all the chakras were given different functions from the system I'd been reading up to then, which was the theosophical books. Well, okay, one explanation for one of the discrepancies that was given to me, which sounds mildly plausible, was that Leadbeater was a, a bit of a Victorian and um, didn't use the sacral centre in the system. Um, because that was the sexual one. Because that's the sexual one. Yeah. And so I think he effectively replaced it with a spleen, didn't he? Yeah. Um, but it wasn't well, just that, and they were different all the way up, right up to the top. Oh? In what way? The, the, the qualities given to the chapters and also the endocrinal glands to which they corresponded were different. Well, the, the, okay. There's certainly some confusion about the the glands in the glands in the brain, uh, um, because not everybody has agreed that the pineal corresponds to the ajna and the pituitary corresponds to the crown. Mm-hmm. I've seen it the other way around. Uh, well, even the hypothalamus, I think, has also been singled out for treatment somewhere. Um, I, I don't think the gland correspondence matters, but the functional correspondence does. And all I can say is, um, the best thing to do is to vivify the chakra and see what you feel. Uh, to do what with the chakra? To vivify the chakra and see what you feel. How do you do that? Well, there are techniques for doing each one. What are they? Well, okay. <laughs> I mean, in a way, it's a bit of a circular argument, this. Because we start off, it depends where you start, but I start off by saying, well, anything which is based upon here we've got devotion and idealism but that also corresponds in some way to emotion and desire because the idealism here is self-centred when you're talking about emotion and desire so if you will let me join up those words and make them all more or less one then um, I'd say get yourself into a situation where there is a lot of desire going on hopefully of a pictorial kind right in your mind no no I don't mean that no I mean I'm thinking like, like for instance you're watching the TV and you're waiting, waiting for your horse to come home uh, and you've got a lot of money on the horse right. that, 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 that's a sort of idealism it's a rather lower form of idealism <laughs> and, and you feel, where do you feel the energy then and it's, I would say it's in the solar plexus approximately maybe a bit lower down than that maybe it's more it's closer to the navel but somewhere in that area and similarly when you fall in love with somebody where do you feel that? well it's a fairly straightforward one but the the others are are open to interpretation depending on your own experiences those are the two easiest to dispose of I'd say um, I, I think it's not not such a tall order to say that the third ray energy um, active intelligence is felt through the throat I think most people will probably agree with that even if they hadn't met the system before that got three of them out of the way. Um, right, the sacral centre got through creativity. Uh, yeah, it's a problem with the others. Um, I'll talk about that another time. Then. I, do, you, do you want me to say any more? Well, because I, I, I can't be as convincing about the others, really.
to say, to say why you think the Ashna corresponds to harm. Well, uh, okay, I can say for the crown does correspond to willpower in that um, when the energy is sufficiently strongly vitalized there, there is a sense that you are a participant in the divine will, but it's not what we would commonly call will. Um, uh, um, so, so all I can do there is suggest that if you don't look quite in the direction you might think, because you'll end up finding the solar plexus if you look for ordinary Mars-type will. Um, but th- there is a sense in which one is participating in the divine will, which, can't, which is more felt in the head, right at the top. Um, the Ashna, no, I, I can't help you there. Although in the Alice Bailey books, they do say that it is something to do with the balance of the personalities held in the Ashna. Um, all the senses are in the Ashna, and the pituitary glands. Sorry, the, the master gland, yes. the pituitary, is also yes. the Ashna. It controls the whole energy system of the body. Yes. And all mm. the glands, all yes. the senses that have their own little activities. Yes. So, yes. harmony in the midst of conflict, yes. that is what the Ashna has to do. It is very much. Mm. Control, it, it, it's, that's a very good point. Yeah. Balance, it, it, it's, that's a very good point because it's actually in the middle of the seven. Mm. It has the role of being the balancer, uh, harmony conflict. Yes, that's a very good point. Well, we yes. In control of it, you're not forgetting the heart. Yes. That's that's a very good point. Mm. Um, There's no doubt that if you if you concentrate on the Ashna, that it does seem to confer a balance to the personality. Um, Although, okay, I mean, if we can use the word balance as being the culmination or the fruition, brought to fruition of this. Um, harmony, conflict aspect of the ray, then yes, I, I think that that's not stretching the truth too far or experience too far then. So that. Yes, yeah, we can say something. Um, okay, there's correspondence here between the, the chakras and the development of the races as well, which is also interesting to note, which isn't quite as linear as most people might expect. I think Nigel's heard this from me before, but I found quite revelatory. And that is that um, whilst in the first early races, root races now, Alain Alice Bailey and Blavatsky of man, we were busy developing the lower centers. In Atlantean days, we were developing the solar plexus. And um, in modern days, I now, we're in the business of developing the throat and the ajna. Uh, in future time, we'll be developing the heart and following that to the crown. So it's not quite as linear as you might expect. Um, although, um, no doubt there is some fair degree of um, laterality here that you don't have to follow that sequence and people don't necessarily. But I, I a lot of it is done concurrently, I should think. Yes, yes. And there's all sorts of... Uh, uh, yes. Inverted commas, not technological races around now, which are probably still developing things like the sacral and root chakra. Yes, uh, that's very true. Um, so th- there is a kind of lead table implicit in this that we're going from the lower seven rays, but seven, six, five, so on, up to one, two, three. Although um, I'm hesitant to take it any further than that to say that um, you know one ray is better than the other. 
that there is a development of the chakras going on and the chakras do have a predisposition each to one of the rays mm. wouldn't like to make it any stronger than that and of course individually we're all in various different stages developing different chakras yes that general trend, right uh, and somebody mentioned here a correspondence here or a link between the odd rays and the even rays and it does seem to be that somebody who is predisposed say to ray 3 will probably find themselves more easily developing the throat and possibly the crown chakra rather than perhaps going via the heart. And so they might well find themselves imbalanced unless they paid particular attention to developing the heart chakra as well. And they would also correspond with the root and sacral which are the other two odd chakras. Yes, yes. yes. To, to roughly, there seems to be a masculine-feminine thing here as well between the odd and even. And which is which? The, the masculine um, being the odds. Um, and the odd. Yes. Pardon? No, the feminine ones. Even. Yes. And so. So the feminine would be the love, wisdom, the harmony, conflict, and the idealism, devotion. Exactly. Yes. The heart, passion, and so affects So you'd expect women perhaps to to develop those rays more easily in any given lifetime, although uh, there is a, a difficulty here that that seems to suggest that it's easier for the soul or there is a correspondence here between the sex of the person in a particular lifetime and the ray type of the soul, so I wouldn't like to take it any further because I'm not sufficiently clear about the difference between the soul and personality and the, sorry, the ray of the soul and the ray of the personality. But but, but, but putting all of that aside, it does seem to be possible to say say something now about the chakras. My own view is that it's it's easier for a woman to develop those chakras at its heart um, Ashen and solar plexus um, than for a man.